0: I'm in your egg getting everywhere and like glitter. With diamonds in my veins, glitter. All I want to hear from you, and like glitter. Some girls are made to shine. Tena Koto Kato. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ the glitter episodes. I'm rambling about topics and talking about my crazy life. So, Ketepehe koutou on New Year's Day in 2022. How are you all uh today? Well, Ketepai, I am good. Uh, I'm very good actually. I just turned 39. Uh, New Year's Day is my birthday, which is pretty cool. Um, Not always so cool. I think I've talked about it before. Um, Lots of my friends go away, lots of my family go away. It's sometimes quite hard. I end up sort of by myself and not really having a party or anything like that. But this year, this year was different. This year, um, I had a, a bunch of really awesome people at my house having a barbecue and just enjoying hanging out we played outdoor beer pong which was incredible it's not just like where you move the beer pong table outside no it's more extreme than that we filled buckets with water about halfway and then used like these um harder sort of not quite too bouncy balls to sort of throw into the buckets and you're trying to like obviously splash people with the buckets full of water if you can knock them over like cool and yeah there's a whole lot of rules so we played all of that and we um we made an insane amount of barbecue food uh so much so the fridge is full of leftovers and i'll be eating them for the next two days which is amazing um and we turned on some music and Partied and danced and screamed our lungs out Which is why I have no voice right now I feel like I'm all croaky Um, Yeah, and basically saw the last few hours of 2021 out in this fashion Which I was completely okay with Um, I want to tell you about some of the cool presents I got um, Because a lot of them are gaming themed And I thought you might enjoy hearing about that So um, I'll start with the first one I got, I guess, um, which was a bottle of... Well, it it is a bottle of gin, or it was a bottle of gin, but now it is so much more than a bottle of gin. It was a very nice bottle of Melfi gin, actually. But um, now it is an elixir of time. Uh, they put their own handmade labels on it. Um, it's really... Really creative and really cool. The Elixir of Time has instructions on it. It says that you must drink this potion and at the stroke of midnight, you will gain one level. Uh, There is a warning on that, though. Uh, Warning, excessive use of this potion will cause double damage to yourself. Um, Then they put little stats along the bottom. I haven't got the bottle here with me, um, but I do remember that it gives you a plus three to charisma and a negative three to intelligence. Now, they had that it gives you a plus three to dexterity because when you're drunk, you're, in it, you're able to do seemingly impossible feats of um, randomness, like how you managed to run along that banister rail or whatever, um, telling everybody you could while they're all yelling, you know, support for you, or how you managed to play that incredible um, stroke of on the pool game or whatever is all dexterity and I get that but like how much of that is just bad recollection and bad decision making not necessarily higher dexterity (laughs) well you guys will have to tell me whether you thought that one was right or not um but I did think that that was a pretty cool present they put a bunch of um, luster dust in the bottle of gin so it's just this golden swirling awesome bottle of magic potion it's pretty. It's pretty incredible, actually. And then um, I also got um, some presents, presents, and um, they've been haunting me because it's it's got like a. It's been under the Christmas tree since Christmas, because my birthday is so close. That often happens. And one of the presents has had a BD&D sticker on it, and BD&D is the local friendly gaming store here that is actually very local, very friendly and very full of um, actual D&D, not just a board game store or not just a at the Gathering store but actually D&D and they've um, hired me recently to run some games in there and stuff and they're just a really cool group of like really supportive tabletop people which is amazing and I cherish that and I'm shopping there all the time and supporting them and telling everybody about them and I just think they're awesome so um yeah so the sticker has been on one of the presents for forever and just haunting me because I didn't know what it was I couldn't really figure out the sizing of it I should have now that I've opened them but um yeah I thought one of them might be a book and I was pretty excited about that but um, now that I've opened them I absolutely know it is and was a book so um, I got a couple of books um, and I thought I might tell you about them and kind of do like an un unbooking is that what we call unboxing because I've already like opened them clearly so I'm gonna unbook them I'm going with that screw it I'm doing the very first anchor unbooking cast <laughs> So one of the books I got was um, D&D 5E's Boulder's Gate, Descent into Avernus, which is um, I was really excited about because I've actually been listening to the Venture Maidens playthrough, the actual play playthrough of Descent into Avernus, and I've been really enjoying listening to them and what they've been doing down in hell and how they all kind of worked and stuff, how they got there, where they started. I knew nothing about it before I started listening, so it was really, really cool to hear it um, come through. The book is really cool. Um, I just got the given the normal kind of cover. Um, the normal cover art is um, a symbol of Baal fills the sky over a Vernus as the river sticks seethers below. Seethers? Seethes below. Um, shows the arch devil Zeriel reaching for her sword, a reminder of her angelic origins, as her evil henchman Haruman follows her into damnation. Uh, so it's pretty sick cover. Yeah, pretty sick. Pretty sick. Um, so, yeah, and it came with a big giant map in the back of it, which I've already yanked out. Um, and actually already laminated and framed because this one I got early. So um, it was pretty cool to be able to do that. The appendixes are really awesome in this book too. Um, obviously you've got the the standard kind of um, appendix with the monsters in it and stuff. Well, let's go through it and, and like properly. So Appendix A is the Diabolical Deals Appendix. So basically like how to make deals and contracts and stuff with your players because, I mean, if you're in hell and you're constantly surrounded with people who make deals, like it's good to know how this works and stuff and it's pretty cool to read. Appendix B is the Infernal War Machines. So they have like full on war machines that you can ride in hell um, and they look awesome with like scoops on the front and wrecking balls on the back. And, you know, they're called things like demon grinders and devil's ride, which is the one that looks kind of like a motorbike, you know, all of these, all of these things. They've got stats for all the different infernal war machines and like how to repair them and what might happen to them and what happens if they crash and, you know, how you can basically upgrade them and put magic items on them and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and chases, like how they do, do chases with Infernal War Machines, which is sick. Um, so Appendix uh, C is magic items, which you would expect to see in any kind of um, thing, but it's not just like one page. It's actually a few pages of magic items, which is cool. And then Appendix D is the creatures. Try not to like spoil it because I think this book is amazing and the art is incredible. You know, um, I think you should check it out yourself, basically. Um, but Appendix E is the Infernal Rapture menu. So you've got like the menu, what it would look like in Infernal, and then they've done like a common kind of um, uh, uh, translation. What's that when they do it again? But this time it's in common, so you can actually read it. I. Appendix F is the story concept art, which is really cool. So they're like they showing some of the concept illustrators, like, works and how they created things and there's breakdowns and pencil illustrations and, you know, like, um, measuring of, like, how long this thing is and how long that thing is and how it would kind of work and what they would look like side by side and, yeah, and different... Um, So, like, Yenigo's Demons, there's just a bunch of, like, different illustrations for how that could look and, like, different kind of attempts at their face and things. And then there's just some, like, concept art of, like, how Avernus might look, you know, Um, from all these different sort of angles and places and, yeah. And then right at the back, Appendix G, is the Infernal script. So if you wanted to write your own stuff out in Infernal... There's actually an alphabet here with capitalized and little letters, um, and punctuation and all of that kind of stuff, so that you could copy that. Oh, and numbers! Don't forget the numbers. Um, copy that and and make that work for your players. If I was a bit calligra- of ca- calligrapher, calligrapher, yes, calligrapher, um, this would be awesome. I think this would be time consuming for me. I would probably struggle with this, but I like the idea, so maybe I'll give it a go um yeah yeah so all of that um is is contained in this book and so it's it's a really incredible book all the maps in here all the art in here and like it breaks the the book breaks with like full page color art and stuff it's really really cool and what i want to share with you is the um the boxed text if you were a player that you would get at the start of the adventure um so this is a bit of a spoiler i guess but not really because every single person no matter of their choices would hear this particular script but i just want to tell you about what the game is and what the setup kind of is so i'm just going to read this and it won't spoil anything too hard because this is fairly safe so Welcome to Boulder's Gate, a veritable nest of rats and vipers clinging to the rocky slopes overlooking the Shinathar River. Apologies for my pronunciations i haven't researched any of this from their high perches in the upper city the local nobles known as patriars gaze down with veiled contempt upon the common rabble in the grimy lower city which hugs the foggy harbor the whole of boulders gate reeks of blood crime and opportunity one can easily fathom why pirates and traders are drawn to this place like flies to a carcass Following the river further east would eventually lead you to Elturel, capital of the holy land of Alturgard, or at least that was the case until a few days ago. The flood of refugees from Elturel has gotten worse since news first arrived that the city has fallen. Everyone is saying Baldur's Gate is next, but no one truly knows who or what has claimed Elturel. The Patriarchs pay a mercenary army called the Flaming Fist to protect their interests in Baldur's Gate, and by extension, the city itself. The Flaming Fist has gained even more power since their charismatic leader, Alder Ravengard, claimed the title of Grand Duke a few years ago. Apparently Ravengard is missing. In his absence, the Flaming Fist has sealed the city's gates to staunch the flow of refugees. No one is allowed in or out. And all of this was brought to your attention shortly after you were drafted by the Flaming Fist to help defend the city. Your orders are to speak to Captain Zodge at... Basilisk Gate which pierces the city's eastern wall and takes its name from the various statues that rest in its niches and perch upon its battlements. Unseen beyond the sealed Basilisk Gate, a dirt road stretches through the outer city slums to the bridge known as Worms Crossing and then to distant realms beyond. Dozens of Flaming Fist soldiers are trying to control an angry mob of commoners eager to leave the city. Armed with only a vague description of Captain Zodge, a tall man with long black hair and a leather eye patch, it takes you a while to find him. A fight breaks out between soldiers and commoners, and you finally spot the one-eyed captain as he wades into the fray and begins throwing punches. Just another day in the City of Blood. So that's how you're welcomed into Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. And if you're interested in going to hell and, and finding out what happened to Alteral, uh that's the book for you to do that in. And it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to finishing listening to the Venture Maidens playthrough and then reading the rest of the book because I haven't read the rest of the book yet because, well, I don't want to spoil it duh you know um yeah but anyway that's not the only book i got um i also got uh another dnd 5e adventure module um this one is a particular favorite of mine and i've been excited about getting it one day for myself but um this one is the wild beyond the Witchlight, and it's the um alternate cover I've managed to get my hands on um which is an incredible uh thanks to my partner buying me it and it's beautiful it's actually beautiful it's this like silvery gold cover um and it's all metallic like the whole thing is like a metallic kind of print um and the silvery gold's got like these butterfly wings kind of inlaid into it so it looks like engraving but it's obviously not it's like you know, paper, um, and on the front it's got this really stylized um, displacer beast kitten um, that they say Hydro seventy four represents Star, a displacer beast kitten that loves adventuring in the Feywild, and a wondrous magic item called the Witchlight Vein graces the back cover. Um, and honestly, this cover is divine to die for. It's it's so pretty. Um, I'm really stoked. In fact, the whole book is goddamn adorable everything is just full of color and butterfly wings i mean it makes sense right it's the wilds, you know it's it's of course it's going to be beautiful and 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 you know just enrapturing but everything is just colorful you know they've even colored the different chapters and stuff like there's a little wee tab like a butterfly wing tab at the corners so you can see easily like that's the first chapter that's the second chapter that's red and then orange and then blue and then purple and then green you know it's so easy to see what's going on and I love that I really really love that um I think they've done a really good job on um designing this book it's just so beautiful just so beautiful uh yeah they they did amazing Um, This one here also has some cool appendices. So you've got some of the standards, you know, you've got your magic items, which is, again, a few pages, which is pretty cool. Then you've got the factions because it needs to tell you about the Hourglass Cavern, the League of Malevolence, and Valor's Call, you know, the different um, things that are going on in this book without trying to smile too much, you know. Um, And then you've got the creatures, in appendix C, that they break down all the um, all the things, and some of the names on here really surprised me. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but like when I was reading it, I was like, "What are they in this? Whoa, that's cool." Um, yeah, and then Appendix D is the um, what are they called? The role playing cards, and so you're like, like who you're who you're role playing. Um, I think. I haven't finished reading the book, so um but it's it's a lot of performance kind of stuff happening here because if you don't know, um this this The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, well, that's it kind of starts with a carnival and a show and stuff. So from what I understand, I haven't listened to anything or played anything of this one because I've kind of been trying to save myself from listening to it just in case I want to play in it. But now I've got the book. I need to read this book from cover to cover. It's just so beautiful. Um, But they do. They start in a carnival, and it's all about shows and stuff. So um, they've got these role-playing cards, which I assume is, like, getting given – you know, like, um, a character in a mystery, like, murder thing. Um, it looks like they have to play these out. So it's kind of like their characters are playing a character, which seems kind of fun to me. Seems cool. Um, Yeah, anyway, I'll figure out more about that. But then there's Appendix E, which is stage fright lines. So I'm assuming this is kind of like a random table. It's got no numbers or anything against it, but you could probably roll a die on there page and that would probably work or I could you could roll a die and I could count them out but um they're amazing um like um do you speak I thought twas the braying of an ass is one of the options um so it's all very uh Shakespearean uh kind of stage fright lines and that that makes me very happy um this seems amazing and I can't wait to learn more about how this all works and then right at the end is your story tracker because it looks like there is um various bits and pieces like various like things that are happening simultaneously um that would need tracking and figuring out and like what's happening and when it's happening and all of that kind of stuff so um they're almost like um extra pieces to your character sheets essentially for this game which seems really fun so yeah i can't wait to read more about it but um again i thought it might be fun to set the stage for you as such seeing as we're talking about staging um for this one too so to tell you a little bit about how this game starts just in case it piques your interest and you want to investigate it too so um, this is the box text that would kick off the adventure. The travelling extravaganza known as the witch-like carnival visits your world once every eight years. You have a dim memory of sneaking into the carnival as a child without paying for a ticket. That memory has grown foggy over time, though it still conjures a weird admixture of emotions, wonder and awe mixed with loss and regret. "'During this childhood visit, your character lost something. "'You tried to find it, but the carnival owners, "'a pair of elves named Mr. Witch and Mr. Light, "'were decidedly unhelpful. "'Silly screeching cricket,' said Witch. "'You forgot to buy a ticket!' The carnival goes round and round, said Light. The multiverse is our playground. Nothing's free and nothing's lost and every visit has its cost. As time passed, your heart became less heavy and you gave less and less thought to those childhood events. Now, for reasons you can't explain, the longing to retrieve that which you have lost has resurfaced. As though an old spell has faded away, allowing you to feel the loss as sharply as if it happened yesterday. The witchlike carnival has returned, and you find yourself standing near a ticket booth by the entrance at twilight, just as the carnival is about to open. There you meet others who look as troubled as you, without knowing how or why. You sense that each of them has lost something as well. Perhaps fate has brought you together. I mean, how cool is that as an intro? How cool is that? There are so many story things going on. There's so much mystery going on. We've already met characters. I want to go to the carnival, and I can because this book also includes this intensely beautiful, honestly, I cannot wait to laminate and frame this one, um, map of the carnival on one side and on the other side the places to go beyond the carnival and i'm not going to spoil anything any more than that because i think everybody should get this book and um read it for themselves and see its beauty for themselves um because i love it i love it i love it i love it um but i'm going to stop talking about it now because i have more more to share with you um more things more fun more more um pretties so There were two other boxes underneath the Christmas tree. And these two boxes, um, I opened them up. And once I opened them, I was very, very stoked. I was given the monster cards. Basically, these are the D&D card-sized versions of the monsters in the monster manual. Um, So so that you can basically easily reference them. You don't have to have the whole monster manual open on your, on your desk. And um, these are little tiny, like I could tuck some of these into um, almost, I think they're a bit bigger, but almost like midget the gathering card pack sizes, you know, you could almost tuck them into pages like that um, and keep them that way. I think they are a bit bigger, but I haven't tested it yet. Um, And then others of them, They have a much bigger card, so it's like two times the width of a playing card, but they're still the same height as a playing card. So just a bigger card. So the monster cards come in two different packs. So you've got the monster cards challenge zero to five, and then you've got the monster cards challenge six to 16. And inside each box are some cards that are normal playing card type size and some cards that are the much bigger double playing card width sizing and the cards are really incredible um very clever like how they've managed to do these so like obviously the ones with lots of information and things have gone on to these bigger cards or maybe they're just um I don't know how they've designed decided to do it maybe it's all because they're large they've decided to put the large ones on large I should actually look more into this and figure this out because I haven't at all um, I've, I mean I've played with them all and looked at the pretty art but I haven't figured out why some are large and why some are small but I should um, but like for instance I just pulled out one at random and I got the rug of smothering which is incredible because I love this rug um, He's a pretty, pretty rug. So the front of the card has this red border with the Dungeons and Dragons logo on it, the name of the item on it, the picture of the item on it, and um, a credit to the artist who drew said picture. So that's all it's got on the front, which is kind of cool because then... You could show that to your players, right? You could be like, and you see this in front of you and and you describe the rug, right? But then you also have this sweet artwork that they can look at and reference or whatever. But on the back of the card, it's got the red border around the outside again, like a matching red border. It tells you on the bottom of that red border, the standard, like, you know copyright information just buried in the corner with this little logo but then in the middle of it it's got monster manual page 20 you know so actually here you go you can refer back to the monster manual if you wanted to In big letters and white on the red border it's got challenge 2 bracket 450 xp bracket so all of the big information right there and then above that in like tan boxes in and amongst this red border, it's got all of the extra information. A C, HP, speed, and all of their stats and all of their immunities and sensors and all of their tricks. And then on the other side of the card, because this is the double sided one, um, it's got the action. So it's only got one action as a rug. Higgins mother. Um but, you know, I've seen these cards with like lots of lots of stuff coming on. So Yeah, the cards are really cool. And and honestly, for conventions and stuff like that, just being able to take... I know what game I'm running. I know I'm running it like five times in the same day. I can take the cards for the monsters that I need and just shuffle through them quickly. A lot less gear on... Um, The table, um, a lot less stress for me, flicking through pages and bookmarking my menu and getting wet when I'm trying to drink a cold V and, you know, all of that kind of drama. These cards are also slightly like, they almost look like a laminated card, so they look like they'd be pretty hardy. I still wouldn't want to dip them in water or anything, but I think, you know, like you could probably wipe them if you got a bit of chocolate on them or something, which is... Handy for people like me who eat a lot while I'm playing. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Honestly, this is a good Christmas, you know, Christmas birthday. Um, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to playing with my toys, with my monster cards. I'm looking forward to rolling out those adventures one day. I'm looking forward to adding that, which like carnival map to my room, so I have another amazing map on my my brand new office walls. Like, yeah, people just did good this year. people did real good this year i'm I'm a very lucky, spoilt lady um and basically, I just wanted to say all of that, and I thought you might enjoy hearing them be unpacked. um that was an unboxing. Look, I took monster cards out of a box, so I technically unboxed, ha ha. Aha, it wasn't just an unbooking, Um But yeah, I thought you might enjoy hearing a bit about the cards and the books and, and seeing if you might want them for your own collections and uses and things. So um, thanks for indulging me on this birthday cast. Also because it is my birthday, um, I turned 39. Holy crap. One more year until I'm 40. That's insane. That's insane. When did that happen? (laughs) Like, clearly, time is a weird and wobbly construct um, that I forget happens on a day-to-day basis when I'm booking in. Oh, I've got a game on Tuesday and a game on Thursday and a game on this day. Um, (laughs) I forget that that also means that time is moving. Um, But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's been an incredible start to the year. I... I have a cheesecake that I made waiting for me downstairs. Um, It's a white chocolate and raspberry cheesecake um, that I made with triple chocolate biscuits uh, as the base of it. So it's just decadent and indulgent and amazingly creamy and just divine. And I have to eat it all in a day or so because you can't leave, like, cream cheese, white chocolate and cream um, and, str- like, raspberries and strawberries just sitting in a fridge for days. So I've got an excuse to eat an entire cheesecake, basically. So that's kind of amazing. Um, and I have so much barbecue food, I don't really need to cook for a while um, because we had Kransky's and bacon again this morning. So, um, yeah, I think I'm set for a while. <laughs> But yeah, it's been an amazing start to the year and I I just feel like this year is going to be an amazing year. So for everybody out there that's listening, happy new year. May your year be an amazing year. I really hope that you started your year in such an awesome fashion. Um... And I look forward to sharing all sorts of new and wonderful D&D things with you again soon. I've got so many calls to get back to and so much stuff to share with you. I've got lists and lists of stuff I want to talk to you about. I just never get on the mic to do it. So I was like, I've got these two books and I've got these two little card presents and I just I'm going to share them with you before I put it off again. I just need to be more like Joey, you know, just cast wherever I am, wherever I feel like, just airport cast it, you know, just for fun. Let the people around me listen. Who cares? That's what I need to do because that would be the only way to actually get more podcasting in. So um, maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Uh, I might be too self-conscious to airport cast. Very brave, Joey. Um, but I look forward to continuing to listen to all of um, your amazing anchor podcasts. I really enjoy seeing your episodes pop up and listen. So I am there listening along, even if I'm not sending messages. Um, much love to you all out there. Um, and yeah, aroha nui and enohora Kakiteano. anō. Love you all. See you again soon. Bye. I'm going to go enjoy my birthday and maybe... Yeah, maybe have another beer.